We know all the work that we put in and we just wanted to go out there and display it for the world to see and you know obviously extremely happy with the way we did it. You know I, I didn't think we uh, proved any of those guys wrong or you know that was our intention. We proved ourselves right. We know who we are as a team. We know all the work that we put in and we just wanted to go out there and display it for the world to see and you know obviously extremely happy with the way we did it. You know I, I didn't think we... Ah, sorry there we go. Well there's... First try to do an audio and I botch it, but JT McCarthy after his third straight win over Ohio State, his second straight as a starter, Michigan 30, Ohio State 24. Uh, I, I know JJ believes that, and I'm sure the players do in the room, but uh, I think he proved a lot of people wrong on Saturday, Mr. McCarthy. We will obviously talk about it. Michigan is 12 0, heading to Indianapolis, and narratives be damned. Haters be sad and copers be coping. <laughs> Let's get into it. Josh Hensky, Intel Insider Publisher, Amazing Blue Review. Looking like Joe Pesci, Home Alone 2. <laughs> but I believe we're getting a fired up Hensky tonight. You're damn right you are. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was right. I was right the whole time. <laughs> right the whole time. ABCs, always be coping. <laughs> that one. Yes. We will be probably dropping a lot of those tonight. They won't all be good, but that's fine. They're not um, all winners. I've, I've got I've got my prop here. I'm I'm, ra- I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for the right moment. Okay. Right moment. <laughs> yeah, like I said, they're not all winners, but that's all right. Well, except for Michigan, twelve and zero. Uh, Brock Heilig, also twelve and zero. All twelve games attended this year had one of the best views in the house. Michigan, Ohio State, in that stadium, how are you feeling? Feeling good. It was a great view. Uh, seeing the field, the fans rush the field after the game was very reminiscent of the 2021 win. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if the fans were going to do it just because this was the third one in a row instead of two years ago when it was the first one in 10 years. But they did. It was a great scene. As I, as I was making my way from my seat in the press box to the press conference after the game, I saw a probably nine or 10 year old little uh, Ohio State fan with his dad. And the, the little Ohio State kid, he had his Ohio State hoodie up like this and he had his hands in his pocket and he's just kind of walking with his head down all dejected. And the dad's got his hand on his shoulder and he's rubbing it like, it's going to be all right, buddy. And uh, I think that kid. was. <laughs> that was that was pretty uh, symbolic of of how the day went for Ohio State fans. They they never led, and uh, <laughs> Michigan got the third win in a row. Screw them kids! That's how you Michael Jordan and Josh Hedgeke say "f them kids." Yeah, exactly. You see it, you don't, you don't. You gotta learn. You gotta if learn. We, if we were wondering. Don't learn today and we strong were, more. Made sure. If we were you wondering which learn. version of uh, Fired Up Josh we were going to get. There yeah, you go. You're going to go. These kids are going to go cry to their uh, Eggo waffles on Monday morning because they can't cope. Hey, waffles are good. Well, you know, there's going to be tears in it. A little syrup. <laughs> syrup and tears. <laughs> because once again, Ryan Day disappoints <laughs> the entire state of Ohio. <laughs> Well, you weren't kidding. Oh, my God. This is going to be fun. All right. Um, Soft. Soft. (laughs) I am going to be outlines gone. The quote, the great Dennis, the late great Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. 
And there was no letting that dude off the hook. Ryan Day is baby poop soft. <laughs> Charmin, the softness you can see is stupid little dancing before the game. His little little uh, little whistle bouncing in between the players. It's all fake. It's all orchestrated to look like he's a hard ass. But you know, all you got to do is just look at him, and he, oh, it's just a guy. You know. It's hilarious. Yeah, you know, I'm just waiting for the goalposts to move after this one because, um, you know, we're waiting on the next excuse to come out. You know, oh, Michigan, oh, they don't have Harbaugh in this one. You know, imagine getting your ass beat by an assistant coach. <laughs> by the way, who has more top 10 wins than, than James Franklin now, official. Just imagine, just imagine. It couldn't, it couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. Shrow Moore made Ryan Day his female dog of the weekend. So there you go. There you go. You good? I'm good for now. Okay. I'm good for now. That's just, just, that's just part one. Yeah, let me just sneak in. Part a one. Uh, I took part in some of the tailgating festivities around the stadium before the game, before I headed over to my buddy's house where I was working. Um, and I, I talked to a lot of fans, obviously, Brock, and I was trying to figure out, hey, you guys storm in the field, you storm in the field. And the consensus right away was yes. Um, I was fortunate to be in the stands for 21, did get on the field, just an incredible experience. And a lot of people didn't, and I think they regretted it. So there was kind of a feeling of, I didn't last time, so I'm going to this time for sure. Um, but also, too, the, the mood of the entire day, was this wasn't about just this one game, right? Ohio State, through what they were saying and what they were were saying, were and weren't saying, you know, Ryan Day and whatever he was doing <laughs> in this involvement with this entire scandal and, and what was being said on Big Ten conference calls and everything like that, what media members have been saying, what rival fans and players have been saying, they've been trying to take everything from Michigan in the past two years, right? invalidating all of it and what Michigan did. I can tell you right now, it's been real quiet, right? I don't know if you guys have noticed that it's been real quiet today. It's kind of a footnote now on the bottom of a lot of articles because they go out and they beat Penn state on the road with Sean Moore as their head coach with no Jim Harbaugh, right? They win the tough game at Maryland and then they win this game. No Connor Stallions, no sign stealing, no Jim Harbaugh. And like Josh said, no more excuses. And that's the word for me. I think validated. Uh, Chris Jenkins after the game was talking to Jason Avant and was just fired up. And you could hear that in his voice and what he was saying that this was. And, I, and that's why I wanted to play the JJ clip about we didn't have to prove anybody wrong. We were proving ourselves right. They've always believed in themselves. They knew it was all BS, but they proved a lot of people wrong that were really hoping they were going to lose and they could pin this on them. And now they're back to, well, you're going to vacate it anyway, right? That That's the new narrative. But they, yeah, they did it, man. Three straight wins. Uh, that was a great game. That, that's going to be an all-time classic. Yeah. Um, I feel like Michigan fans have been saying more positive things about Kyle McCord than his own fans have been saying. Uh, the game largely went how I expected in a lot of ways. You know, the, it was about pressure getting on McCord. They were able to run the ball with Henderson, but not sustain it, right? Defensive struggle, blah, blah, blah. But I thought McCord played really well after the Will Johnson interception, then obviously – at the end, you're desperate, whatever. But Ohio State fans, you said it. It's excuses. And that starts – I'm not even going to blame the fans. That starts with Ryan Day. 
because when we heard about the weather and possibly the flu going around in 21, didn't shoot it down. In 22, it's just a few big plays, right? And then even later this year, he said, oh, it was just one bad half about the previous game too, right? When your head coach is saying these things and supporting these excuses, they trickle down. And then in this game, of course, he's not going to shoot down the sign stealing thing because he's pushing all of this. But when somebody asked him about it, he should have said, no, it has nothing to do with it. They play tougher than us. We need to be tougher than them, right? It's that mentality. And like Josh said, it all just feels fake to me. I, I don't think he buys into this rival and really understands it like Urban Meyer did. Urban was a, a home run in that aspect. He's a great coach and somebody who really understood the Ohio State rivalry. It just feels like Day's faking at this point and doesn't know what else to do. So anyway, let, let's talk about the game, Josh. Um, again, it was a really good football game. It's, it's going to be an all-timer. It, it was like we said, like what we thought. J.J. did enough to win, right? 16 of 20. Blake Corum had a Blake Corum game. We saw the tight ends make plays. We saw the receivers make plays. And again, the defense, just an unbelievable performance by them stepping up when they needed to. How many times have we said the number 30 in the last two years, by the way? You score 30, you hold your opponent under 30. That's the number. It's a 30. And sure enough, here we are, 30-24. Yeah, I was surprised they even got that high, to be honest. But, um, you know, I mean, that was that was a good, really good defensive battle both ways. Um, you know, I think you know, we, we talk about it all year. You know, you bend and don't break. And they did that a couple of times. And, and right at the end, you know, you they, they bent a little bit. But when it counted, you know, Jalen Harrell is in your, in your face and um, sealing the uh, sealing the interception. So, again, as we've said all year, it, it doesn't matter what you've done the last 11 weeks. None of it matters. What matters is what you do, you do against Ohio State. And I think uh, J.J. really kind of uh, – he, recla- he, he really it was a reclamation project, so to speak. I mean, he really, like, this was his best game he's had in a couple of weeks, um, and that's the best time to have it. Um, you know, Blake Corum, his his best, his, he had to be on his best, and, and he was for the most part. Um, you know, the, Donovan getting involved, Alex Orgy getting involved, and, and James Turner doing what he had to do and taking care of business. I mean, that you can say all you want about the early season struggles and whether you have, whether you had trust in him heading into this game, none of that matters now because the hometown kid went what three for three on field goals um, in in the game. And that's all that matters. And that's, everyone's going to remember you by just like everyone's going to remember just like everyone's going to remember. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Chucky, how old are you? Five? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you part of the Rugrats here? What a stupid name, first of all, Chucky. You're either Charles or you're Chuck. Pick one. You can't be Chucky because you your balls dropped, right? I mean, probably not because you're commenting on a chat room with ridiculous uh, accusations here. Michigan is a bunch of cheaters. You know what? Shove it up your ass, Chucky. How about that? <laughs> Shove it right up your ass and get out of here. You, you with your stupid name. What are you, I, five? I, I got it. Get out I, of here. I love that he literally came in and said the exact thing. That <laughs> Cry I more, Chuck. Kids. Cry more. <laughs> your tears are giving me fuel. 
I'm like, it's like Cartman in, in South Park where he's li licking that ginger kid's tears. This is me. <laughs> oh, oh, Scott Tannenbaum, I love your tears, Scotty. Just soaking hey. up the tears. Shove it, Chucky. Get a new name. It's stupid. <laughs> he also anyway, been wrong. you know what? This is, this is, you know what? You know what this is? Anyone, you know what this is? This is Ohio State's program. It's, this is this isn't this isn't Cottonell or excuse me this isn't Charmin this is Cottonell this is the best thing I get uh, this is the best thing I had at home this is the Ohio State program <laughs> Charmin toilet paper soft you can do a lot of things with it you can blow your nose with it you can wipe your ass with it it's just there's so many things here that represent the Ohio State <laughs> program it's soft. It's weak. It's brittle. If you get the wrong type, yeah, you know your finger might slip through while you. I don't, while I don't matter how white. how hard you're struggling, you got to spend good money on toilet paper, right? And no matter how hard Ryan Day tries to spend money on his roster, he knows deep down he's never going to be good enough than the rugged Cottonelle toilet paper. All right, <laughs> it's TP soft. It, this is this is look look at just what? <laughs> Ryan Day soft. Thank you very much. All right, part two. <laughs> is Ryan Day just one ply? It's it's the it's the one ply stuff that's like, um, like like you see at uh, you you go to like um I don't know a hardware store or like a. Uh, a mire or something and you have to really like, oh the gas really station bathroom dump and it's like real thin <laughs> brittle stuff so you yeah. have to kind of like wrap it around your wrist about eight times that is like the one ply that's the one ply like sandpaper type of consistency of that they are that'll just brittle and break so you're guaranteed to get a mess on your hands and that's what the, that's what the Ohio State program is right now you got a mess on your hands you gotta wipe it up you got to clean it up, and Ryan Day can't clean it up for you because he's going to go play in it. Thank so, you. So, so Brock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Franklin. Okay, there we go. I don't know I how we're back. I don't know. How I think we were literally clicking that at the same time, Josh. <laughs> Probably. Um, okay, let me try and get somewhere here. Brock, you probably have thoughts in your head, so so go ahead and give your thoughts, and then we'll we'll see where we get to next. <laughs> uh, I'll just say, and Trevor, you kind of alluded to it earlier. <laughs> Listen, this this game was huge. It was it was being talked up as one of the biggest games in rivalry history, college football history. You know, all everything was building up to the, to this game, number two versus number three, just like it was last year. This one was even bigger than last year because Ohio State still backed their way in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't mention that either. The softness right. permeates through the entire <laughs> coaching staff. You've got a you've got a defensive back coach trying to comment on some random Michigan fan page Instagram account trying to contact Roman Wilson because he got mad and butt hurt. It's softness you can see, and it doesn't take very hard to see. You don't have to look very hard. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
anyway, um, <laughs> Brock, as, Brock as, just goes anyway. <laughs> as as big of a game as that was, just on the football field, Trevor, like you mentioned, it's it's almost just as big in the sense that this it validates everything that Michigan has done the last three years. And I think you could see that at the end of the game when Jesse Minter was waving goodbye to Ohio State as they were making their way back up the tunnel. I bet he took it personally. I bet he thought they've been like all these allegations. Yeah. Right. Like 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 Jesse Minter's really not that good of a defensive coordinator. He only benefits from the signs that that were illegally obtained, right? That's probably that's probably what that's that is what people were talking about going in. And that's probably what Minter was was trying to prove everyone wrong by on Saturday. And that's what he did. He he had another terrific game plan and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. said it after the game. He said he hadn't seen coverage like that from any team all year. Michigan did a really good job. Harrison still went over 100 yards, but like we've seen three years now, it was yeah. empty yards from Ohio State's wide receivers. Uh, Harrison had the one big play where Will Johnson got beaten and had the PI, uh, and Harrison had a few other catches. The, the one catch, one of the catches he had was for 20 or 25 yards on the last drive of the game, and. They were trying to, to force feed him on that last drive, but this 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 just validates everything for Michigan. And and what a shock that when the NCAA says that it provides that the illegal uh, obtaining of signs provides no or little to no competitive advantage, it turns out that it actually provides little to no competitive advantage. Like wow, what a shocker! It's not it's uh, it, it's not like Michigan was out here cheating in ways that were changing the games in any way. And I think that's what everyone learned on Saturday. That's my biggest takeaway. I want to go back to that, to what Brock said real quick about, uh, about what Marvin Harrison said after the game. I, I, I don't think that is more of praise of Jesse Minner than an indictment of the rest of the teams in the big 10. I mean, how do you not double team and bracket Marvin Harrison all game long? That's just a indictment of a bunch of a bunch of dummies that are defensive coordinators out here. I mean, that's that that should be like one underlined and like highlighted eight thousand times. You know, I, I think that's that's crazy. That's crazy to me that like he's this is he's entering a game that where really he's going to see that same type of coverage on Sundays. I mean, this isn't some like foreign thing that. Michigan is is throwing out there. I mean, that's just basic, basic coverage, and that, that's more of an indictment of the rest of the the teams in the conference than than really. Um, I mean, yeah, and, and you give you give uh, Minter your, his due as well, but I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, how do you not do that? I don't know. I don't. I just. I don't get it personally. I, I don't get it. It. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to really get into the weeds of it, which Toski and I will on cutups this week, I'm sure they, they did some interesting things with cover zero looks where Rod Moore and the way that Michigan has been using safeties all year, they were completely different in this game. And that first interception, in fact, with will, the reason he was able to jump the route the way he did is because he knew if Harrison cut up, Rod Moore was already coming. And yeah. then Marvin just let him <laughs> and same thing with the second interception with Rod Moore. He kind of, holds up there too a little bit, but I do want to get into that because I've seen another comment too, about the fact that this video is called Michigan smashes 
the Buckeyes and, you know, talking about them not being, being soft or whatever. The reason I use smash is because that's a word that's been around the Michigan program for a few years now, especially with the offensive line, right? We hear them talk about smash all the time. Roman Wilson, after the game was asked if he thought the team was more physical or not. And he went on one of the best little rants I've ever heard, but he, <laughs> but he was right though. Right. He was, he was saying they're, they're not any more physical, right? Again, talk again, we're talking about talk versus reality and for his, for the Ohio state DB coach to then come out and call out Roman Wilson and be like, Oh, you didn't even do anything. And then we've seen a lot of fans like, Oh, this guy's only got 40 yards and we're going to listen to him. You're proving his point. You're yep. stat chasing, you're star chasing, you're making excuses. It's about physicality. 22 mm-hmm. straight games now. The team that ran the ball more or got more rushing yards has won this game. The one person on the other side of the ball that I think actually understands that is Ryan Day. Right. Ohio State fans have been frustrated all year at what they've been doing with their offense and this insistence to continually run the ball where they're like, why don't you throw it more? Why aren't you throwing it more? Because he knew to win this game, they'd have to be able to sustain the run. And in the third quarter, they had a very Michigan drive, right? A long sustained drive that had eight straight runs and not on the outside, right? Henderson gets 78% of his yardage on outside runs that are 15 yards or more. They ran it up the middle right at Michigan's strength and tied the game with that touchdown. And I remember at that moment thinking, oh, this is yeah. this is how Michigan has won the last two games. He gets it. They're doing it. And Michigan comes back, and we have just a horrific injury to Zach Zinter. And you want to talk about the, the mentality of this entire team of being there for their brother, I believe that was the exact terminology Quorum used, Brock. I'll ask you about that in a moment. Um, but just next man up, team mentality, all of that, overcoming adversity, everything that's been built in this culture for the last three years. Trevor Keegan, they show him on the sideline. I wrote an article about him today. He played literally the best game of his life, played out of his mind today, came back for unfinished business, said, if we don't win this game, it doesn't mean the season doesn't mean anything. And he showed up and you could see the emotion on his face when Zinter went down. And on the very next play, he makes – a big man block, not a little block, a big block, and opens up the hole for Blake Corum. Corum gets in the end zone, throws up the 6-5, and momentum is completely swung back to Michigan. Comes mm-hmm. back, they have the ball. Michigan gets a three and out. The second down play, Quinton Johnson does his version of Marcus Ray and knocks the Buka down. The crowd is going nuts. McCord throws a soft, short pass, not even close on the third down marker. And everything Ohio State had earned trying to be the physical team on the drive before was gone. And yeah. and that's why they have lost these three games. It's not the weather. It's not the flu. It's not five big plays. It's not a couple big plays. It's not the refs. It's Michigan being more physical. The Quinton Johnson hit, Harold getting to the quarterback, et cetera. So keep talking about Roman Wilson's stats. You're proving his point. That's just my opinion on that part of it. But yeah. that's, well, why, Roman, that's Roman why I titled it Smashes Buckeyes because a Buckeyes a nut. I thought it was a funny pun. I put the nutcracker in the logo in case you didn't see that. But anyway. Well, and, and Roman Wilson can say whatever he wants because he's a senior and he's not coming back next year. So he doesn't have to deal with the backlash of what he's <laughs> in the press conference. Yeah. He doesn't have to back up anything. So it's, you know, good for him. You know, good if for I could, him. If I, yeah, tell him. Go ahead, John. Go ahead, Brock. If, if I could just add something to that, that Zinter point, Trevor, uh, I don't think it's, it's, 
it's an exaggeration to say that Michigan doesn't win that game if Zinter doesn't go down. I mean, that was a, weird way. a ginormous momentum shifter. And and if that's what it, it took for Michigan to win the game, then so be it. But like you mentioned, Trevor, Ohio State gashed Michigan on that that on their opening drive of the third quarter. They gashed them. I mean, it was you're sitting there watching and and you would have thought the jerseys were flipped. You would have thought it was it was uh Michigan, Michigan and Ohio drive. State's jerseys gashing Ohio State, Ohio State's defense. It was it was unbelievable and it, it sucked the entire life out of the stadium. And all of a sudden you're sitting there. My concern level you know, at that point was 10 out of 10. It was yeah. like I'm looking at the clock and there's 10 minutes left in the third quarter and the Michigan defense is already getting tired. Like it, it didn't look good. And all of a sudden, like you mentioned, Zinter gets hurt and, and Keegan makes the great block Corum cuts it back and scores. And, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the crowd comes back to life. They were chanting, let's go Zach right before that. And in a weird way, it energized the, the crowd. And I wrote about it after the game yesterday, it was, it was a strange Momentum shifter, but it almost seemed necessary in order for Michigan to win the game. Josh, I don't remember if you texted me this or we talked about it on a Bleacher Report podcast, but I'm thinking about the Cade McNamara quote again after Penn State that this isn't a game Michigan would have won in the past. I'm yeah. with Brock. Whether it was that touchdown or when Zinter went down, yep. I've watched enough Michigan football games in my life that like I knew that feeling I had. And it was that, okay, this is this is going to go away from Michigan. And this was just another one of those games where it's like, man, if you want more proof that this program has changed, mm -hmm. it's, it's a trajectory for good. This isn't a game they would have won a few years ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I've seen enough Ohio State versus Michigan games to know, like, that was a very uh, Urban Meyer type of drive where they just gashed you. Um, and and that, was, that would be the moment where you circle back and say, oh, hey, you know, uh, J.K. Dobbins just uh, gashed Michigan for for how many yards? I mean, yeah, Travion Henderson did the same thing. I mean, I, you could you if Michigan were to lose that game yesterday, you could point to that moment and say that's when everything changed. But um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, th this this team just doesn't flinch, just doesn't get rattled. Uh, it, you know, I mean, I don't know what else needs to be thrown at this team for to prove to people like that who who worry about you know what comes next um to to not be scared or not be worried if something were to happen like i don't know like you know harbaugh getting suspended for three games or whatever people are <laughs> freaking out going oh hey you know what would what what's going to happen under sharon moore oh no jj had his worst three games under sharon moore and then the fourth one is what matters so i don't know what Michigan has to do anymore to, to prove that, you know, nothing's going to phase them. I mean, if, if, if they were to lose any games coming up, is that that they would be thoroughly beaten? Not that because they caved or, um, you know, the uh, caved under pressure or the, or the, the moment was too big. Um, even the TCU game last year, I think that was a direct result of, just uncharacteristic mistakes. And, you know, even, even that team against TCU to now looks like a night and day different team, yeah. but with the same type of, with the same guys basically. So, um, and I, and I don't think we're giving Trent a Jones enough love too. I was um, going to, but yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think, you know, when you talk about 
Trevor Keegan having the game of his life. I mean, you're talking about Trent A. Jones, arguably even playing even better than Keegan played. I mean, that's uh, that that dude was just mauling people. He was just ripping faces off all of the, that entire time he was there. So I, I really think he's kind of cemented himself the rest of the way here um, in the starting lineup um, in, in Zinter's absence. So, and, and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe bumping Barnhart to the left really kind of will kickstart him and, and get him back on track. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, for people that were worried about, you know, how these offensive line pieces were going to fit and what happens next, um, with all these transfers that you, that you took in the off season, this is exactly why you do it. I mean, yeah, the, the transfers aren't necessarily plug and play with, um, you know, with, with Zinter going down. I mean, these are guys that Michigan had on their roster, but you know, you've got the luxury of having a Ladarius Henderson at left tackle, um, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, having depth on the offensive line is, is huge. And, and you just never know when, when moments, uh, like, like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just distracted by Brock's freeze there. That was, that was just really funny. I had yeah, a really funny face. <laughs> He's good now. Um, I still see the frozen. Oh, face. And go. it's gone and it's gone. <laughs> oh man. looks like Brock's got that Ryan day internet. There it is. <laughs> That's a bummer. Oh, um, no one, yeah. no one goes, and you know, you it, never it go. Shows full up James most, it shows up most of the time, but not in the big moments. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. You never go full James Franklin, and no, and, uh, um, he did that multiple times during the game. But yes, Trente Jones, luxury of having multiple offensive linemen, starter caliber offensive linemen. Um, kudos to that kid. He's waiting for his moment, and here he is. So that's good yeah. for him. Barnhart is a natural run blocking guard. I think you could argue Ladarius Henderson is as well. Um, obviously with Keegan and Zinter returning, those guard spots are locked down. Um, Trent Jones was the starting right tackle at the beginning of last season before he got injured and Barnhart took over the job. And then obviously Barnhart finished the year and then came into spring and worked as the starting left tackle because Henderson wasn't in and that kind of gave him an advantage. And you know, they really liked Jones in the role that he was in as a depth piece. And then obviously as the sixth offensive lineman, but he's looked good all year. And when he came in, cause I was interested to see what they were going to do when Zinter went down, because in the mop-up duty for the last, you know, since Nebraska, we've seen Jeffrey Percy come in at right guard who used to be a left tackle. So they've been kind of working him into a different position, if you will. Um, but Move it. What? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Barnhart's been fine this year. I'm not, nobody's shedding out. I hate this so much. All right. No, no, he's not saying you are a bit, a lot of the fan base. Has. Yeah. And but, I, but I hate that too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, I think he's been fine. I mean, yeah. Has the offensive line been up to and that's, last that's year? where I was getting our yeah, expectations. Our expectations are literally the best offensive line in college football. And this year they're probably second or third best offensive line in college football right like whoops right but but yeah jones came in they, they all stepped up when zinter went down you could tell you know we, we know sean moore was on the sideline saying everything we do from here on out is for zach and for zinter and you just you just saw that fire up mm-hmm. coming to the team but yeah i i said keegan played the game of his life because he graded out as the best pass blocking and run blocking offensive lineman he allowed no pressures um just an impressive performance from him. And Barnhart was the second 
highest rated pass blocker. So he did have a good game. He did allow one pressure. Trent Jones, no pressures. Uh, Drake Nugent was mauling in the run game. And I mean, it was just a really good showing from the offensive line when they needed it. And the, the edge players got in a little bit early on. And, and I know Ohio state has really good depth pieces or depth players. Right. But unlike Michigan, they don't have five guys. They've got three really, really solid guys. And I think towards the end of the game, what we expected, Michigan had the conditioning and the endurance to run that last drive, you know, taking seven minutes off the clock. Obviously you would have loved to get that last first down and just end it there and not have Ohio state get the ball back at all. But Michigan's strategy all year <laughs> has been to rotate and build depth and build talent and, and have these guys fresh and ready for this big game and healthy. And it paid off because you lose your best offensive lineman, you lose your best corner and Will Johnson, and, and you're able to make it work. So, mm-hmm. and then we saw too, you brought up Alex Orgy. We saw a couple of trick plays, right? We saw the Donovan Edwards pass. We saw Orgy. We saw some tendency breaks as well. Um, this was just it's so weird because it's different than the other three games or the other two games, like all three games are different, but they also mm-hmm. feel like Michigan won in the same way too. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, we we've talked about this all year and it's like, you know, all of these games leading up to Ohio state was to prepare for Ohio state. You know, the times right. JJ came out in the third quarter or the entire second team offense came out or the second team defense, third team defense coming out. Um, This was to prepare yourself for Ohio State or to prepare yourself in case worst case happens like Zach Zinter and and you kind of have to shuffle a little bit and, and readjust. So everything Michigan does is a chess piece in terms of how the game is going to play out against Ohio State. And, and what they did on Saturday and the fact that they had so many guys have so much experience that they could trot out there like a Jaden McBurrows who played like 20 something snaps. Um, yeah. He took over in the slot. So Sanders still yeah. move outside and cover yep. or uh, cover Marvin, excuse me. Yes. This is what you prepare for. You know, this is why they, the coaching staff wants you to be ready because you never know when you need to be ready. And this is why you know they they've they rested these guys so much is to prepare for this game, and they came in healthy for the most part. Uh, left, you know, healthy for the most part, except for a couple of guys. And I'm not super worried about Will Johnson. I think he'll be you know ready for the playoff. Um, I'm not sure if he'll play on on uh, on Saturday or not yet. And frankly, I don't think they need I was gonna say, I, I wouldn't play him even if he could. To right, be exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. But there's no long-term fear there. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is what you prepare for. You prepare for games like this, and this is a result. This is a result. You're playing for your third consecutive Big Ten championship. You're playing for a college football playoff, and, and now – you know, Michigan is playing for more than just to be there. You know, they're they're preparing to be a, a national title contender. They're they're they want to win a national title, and and obviously they gotta win a semifinal first. But um, everything they've done through this entire year has led up to you know these next few weeks and and month or so. Are are we here, Brock? Are you there? Yeah. Sorry, fellas. 
<laughs> I, I think so. I I went through a couple minute stretch there where my Wi-Fi kind of lagged out. Um, but I guess I'll add a little bit uh, just going back to the game in general. I think, honestly, this obviously losing Zinter is a, a huge hit, right? And that's not what you want from your senior captain or anything like that. But I think this – I mean, this is – this is why Michigan has, or this is the situation that Michigan is prepared for in terms of the offensive line of building depth and, and getting so many guys that they trust where they can just have no problem in, in moving Carson Barnhart from right tackle to guard and then throwing Trent a. Jones in there and really seeing little to no drop off. In fact, the, the, the offensive line and the run game was arguably better after Zinter's injury than it was before. And, so going forward, I just I don't see any way in which this will really affect Michigan in any huge way. Another thing I want to add about the game, and I don't know if maybe you guys touched touched on this uh, while I was tending to my Wi-Fi issue, but the Roman Wilson touchdown. I want to talk about this for a little bit because if I see one more, mainly it's Ohio State fans, but if I see one more fan or person try to argue that that's an interception or uh, yeah. a, a fumble or anything like that. I'm going to lose my mind. Like these people don't understand basic football. Like, well, they're the same talking. ones that claim they're the same, the same ones that claim that Michigan's cheating and, and, you know, scouting is, it has a, uh, no one else steals sign a 20, a three touchdown, a three touchdown advantage. I mean, it's all smooth brained. Yeah. They're line. in, they're in the end zone. So you, <laughs> if he has the possession, it's over when he breaks the plane. So at worst high between the receiver and the defender yep. and that goes to Robin Wilson. So yeah, Clat didn't help either with no, his, Clatt I, was I, heard horrible. I was really surprised. He was trying way too hard to be like this. Mr. Call it down the middle because people have been saying he's been too much of a Michigan fanboy yeah. and all that stuff. He was awful on Saturday. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a Clat fan. Like he's one of my favorite analysts. He was awful. Dog water. It was terrible. He was just terrible. Anyway, sorry, Brock. Go ahead. I, that's all right. You guys basically said exactly what I was thinking. He caught he caught the ball at the five-yard line. The millisecond that the front of the ball touches that white line, the play's over and it's a touchdown. Anything that happens after that in the end zone is irrelevant because the play's over. Once once Roman Wilson has control of the ball and, and crosses the, the plane, the play's over. And so the fact that Denzel Burke ended up with the ball means nothing. Right. And and that's just something that's really triggered me the past 24 hours looking through social media and things. Like they're just looking for any possible reason to continue to uh hate on Michigan and not not validate these wins. It's unbelievable. Yeah, this Rod, is, Rod this Moore, is also my favorite. Yeah, that's another football. one too. Yeah. Toski the goat chiming in. Yeah, they, they're saying Rod Moore didn't catch the interception when they're showing a picture of his elbow. Right. Like that's not the football. And then I even saw a, I'll call it reputable, but like a pretty popular Ohio State account that I, I kind of respect say like, yeah, I don't know why they didn't review it. What were you watching? They reviewed it way longer they than they showed needed. the front view of it and he cupped it under his but like, arm. The refs literally reviewed it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, it was interesting. Fans in the stadium, you know, I talked to after the game had this perspective like, oh, they were screwing us at OSU got every call. And I will say watching it, I felt like the reviews were like, I don't know the one that I thought was really wrong per se, 
the, the Fleming one was interesting to me. And I wonder if it wasn't for the Roman yeah. Wilson play, if they would have ruled Fleming incomplete, like, Oh, he took multiple steps. I'm like, well, yeah, kind of, he shuffled his feet a little bit. There wasn't really long. I don't know if Michigan would have recovered that ball. I wonder if they make that same ruling, knowing that that ends the game yeah. where they have ruled yeah. that was a catch and a fumble. Right. So I, I don't know. Um, and the Blake Corum touchdown too. his, like the, it was the first, the drive Will Johnson had the interception and Corum had the third and one run from the, from the one yard line. And I thought he pretty clearly got in, uh, that, that review didn't go Ohio state's way, or I guess it did go Ohio state's way. Didn't go Michigan's way, but it didn't matter because Corum scored on the next play. But this perception that, that the refs were just out to get Ohio state is, is wild to me. Yeah. And we talked about this earlier too. I don't remember the full context of it, but just about, you know, how Michigan plays and they only had three penalties in this game. They're the least penalized team in college football, no turnovers, right? In the past, it was, I think we talked about this when reviewing what I thought went wrong for Ohio state in 21 and 22. And in the past, Michigan had dumb penalties, right? Or dropped interceptions that were, that would have stopped Ohio state drives or fumbles in the red zone or or whatever, right? They, they were the ones shooting themselves in the foot and it's the other way now, right? We Ohio state last year too. Oh, it's just a few big plays. Well, yeah. Ignore your own botched fake punt. Ignore your own unnecessary roughness with the guy headbutting somebody on the sideline. Right. And that, that just continues to be the theme, which another guy, sixties guy. Thanks for chiming in. I already explained this smashes. Yes. Because Ohio State is soft. They were out physical again. Smashes is a term Michigan uses. And they're not. Thanks, th- thanks for coming in, though. Appreciate you. It's um, yeah, you it's a little nut. The they nut. smashed the nut. Cracker, I didn't put Michigan that. smashes Ohio State. I put Michigan smashes. Well, if you look Hawkeyes. at the if you if you look at the cover photo, there's a nutcracker yeah. on there. No, I mean, okay. you know, I think you know God they did crack their nuts. God forbid you make up. All right. So uh, we Michigan's talked about that. Michigan's got Ryan Day's nuts and a nutcracker. <laughs> We we talked about the the defensive side of the ball. I, I thought it was a pretty even performance across the board. Michigan got a little bit from everybody, um, but Mason Graham, no surprise, led the team in pressures with four. Had a sack, a couple QB hits, just an absolute menace. Um, if you want to see a position group on Michigan take a step up, have me say something negative about them in my stock report. <laughs> because I, last week I talked about I'm not really worried about the secondary, maybe a little bit about the safeties, and oh, Rod Moore just comes out and has his best game of the year, even before his interception. Played really well, a bunch of tackles, good in coverage. Uh, Mike Sainer still, what do I even need to say about Mike Sainer still at this point? His hit on Trevion Henderson it was like in slow motion. I saw it coming, Yeah, right? But textbook, man. No tart, loads of shoulders, right in the chest. Just beautiful. And again, back to smashes. Michigan just being the more physical team and, and pursuing that. I want to talk about Rod Moore, though, and something else that I think is really, really important when it comes to this rivalry and believing in it, truly understanding it, right? Not You can cross out little M's, and you can say that team up north, and you can do all those gimmicks, but do you really – believe in it right jim harbaugh has been a part of this rivalry since he was born urban meyer (laughs) was it the same day or like close to the same day they were born in the same hospital or whatever again toledo you know came up under ohio state coaches 
believes in this rivalry, understands it, right? And what Michigan has done in the last few years, what this team is built on is Rod Moore, an Ohio native who didn't get an Ohio State offer, right? An underrated prospect that you've developed. J.J. McCarthy, an Ohio State fan growing up, who you was going to commit to Ohio State, but you wanted to get Kyle McCord because you were worried if you took J.J., you wouldn't get Marvin Harrison. So you play games and you lie to J.J., and you take McCord to get Marvin Harrison instead of just being truthful, right? And now you've put a giant chip on J.J. McCarthy's shoulder, Michigan man for life, and he's come in focused on nothing but beating you, right, and, and, and proving you wrong. And guess what? Michigan's got another quarterback committed in the 2024 class named Jaden Davis who was going to commit to Ohio State, and they didn't take it. They took Dylan Rayola. He ended up going to another program, right? decommitted and they circle back to Jaden like, Hey, we're interested again. Right. Doesn't work. Right. So Harbaugh in the, towards the end of 2021 is recruiting Darius Clemens a week or two before signing day. And he tells him and his father to his face, if the right NFL offer comes, I'm gone. Brutal honesty, potentially hurting recruiting class. that will be existing back. If he comes back to Michigan, tells him the truth. 2022 was saying the exact opposite. That's a big reason Josh's intel was way above everyone else that Jim wasn't leaving, whatever. Ryan Day is playing games with these recruits and creating grudges with these kids. Michigan and Ohio State recruit all the same dudes, right? And then whether it's going to be Jordan Marshall or another Ohio kid that you just don't offer and, and Michigan goes and gets, right? Like this rivalry is 24 7 365 it's on the field it's off the field it's recruiting it's every comment you make in interviews it's everything and when michigan started believing it in 2021 and put up the banner what are you going to do to beat ohio state today and aiden hutchinson and rod moore or and you know jim harbaugh obviously beat ohio state or die trying people made fun of them but they believed it and they went out and backed up the talk that that's just where the rivalry sits for me and i don't know where you go Right. You're going to keep recruiting five star receivers. OK. Right. Corners, like whatever. This isn't a talent issue. It's just not. And, and Michigan, it's sad. This is the last version of this game we will ever have. Right. Because moving forward, you know, the, the Big Ten championship game, there's a potential they would rematch. The winner of that basically gets a bye. Another team still probably gets into the playoff. You know, we could see a situation where they play two or three times in a year. Michigan could win the game convincing fashion, but if Ohio state gets farther in the playoff, does anybody really care about the regular season game? Like I do think the expanded playoff is good for college football for a lot of reasons, but we're, we're going to lose days like Saturday. Like we, yeah. we just are. So we've been talking about the season being like the end of a trilogy, this three-year era for Michigan. In a lot of ways, it's the end of this trilogy and this era for Ohio state and Michigan kind of put a bow on it, you know, moving forward. I think, the game will still matter, obviously, but I wonder in this context that I'm talking about, Josh, where I feel like Ohio State doesn't understand anymore when they used to. It was the opposite way before, right? They don't understand that anymore. If we're now moving to an era of college football where the game naturally means less just because of how it affects the playoff, I don't know where Ohio State catches Michigan. I mean, obviously, Michigan could lose a bunch of players this year, and that that's that's a, a factor. Um, but right now it just feels like when I saw Ryan day walking up the tunnel after that game with his head down, he looked defeated, not just in the game, but like hopeless. Yeah. 
I, I didn't have to go against Jim Harbaugh. They've had all this, they've had all this adversity and everything we've thrown at them at the public. Yeah. And I saw somebody commented earlier too, in a lot of ways, Ohio state, this was for all three games. Cause if Ohio yeah. state would have won this game, they would have said 21 and 22, no longer count. We yep. proved it. You only won because of stallions. You yep. took everything from them. Yep. No, I mean, yeah. You, 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 you essentially just trotted, trotted day out the midfield and just pants them, you know, not, not just like a, a pants with the, I mean, you pants him with the underwear and went down. <laughs> to his knees. I mean, in front of 110,000 people, I mean, that's essentially what you did. So, you know, he's, um, yeah, I mean that, that look, that look like someone that was just physically and mentally defeated, you know, the, the, I got nothing. I mean, they changed philosophies on both sides of the ball, Mm -hmm. not just one, both sides of the ball. And while it was successful for the most part, it didn't do what you intended it to do. And that was beat Michigan. This is why you changed what they changed. They tried uh, switching defenses with Jim Knowles. That's two losses in a row with Jim Knowles. They tried to be more physical in the run game. You still lost. So now, you know, Ryan days heading into the locker room thinking, what can I do? Uh, There's nothing I can do. I've tried everything. And, you know, it's credit credit to Michigan for having the answers too. I mean, you know, I mean, you can you can make the make the argument. Well, you know, Ohio State's recruiting at a better uh, at a better clip. Well, none of that stuff matters if you aren't developing players. I mean, if you're just keeping them treading water until they go off to the NFL, um, that's fine. That'll win you, you know, ten or so games. But when it comes to um, this rivalry, it's way more than just showing up. I mean, it's way more than that. And that's kind of what the argument you could say about Michigan the past couple of years too, even with the Don Brown years, they kind of just showed up maybe a little overconfident. And then they got, you know, the floor clean with them by, by Ohio state. So that's what I'm saying. they believed these narratives, right? Cause like yeah. to, your, to your point about the defense, the defense was improved, right? Yep. They didn't give up the big plays they did the previous year, but that's not why you lost, right? They believed that was the reason they lost. Maybe that's why you lost 45 to 23. Right. Right. But it's not why you lost the game. Right. And we saw it on that last drive in the fourth quarter. They still weren't physical enough to stop Michigan when they needed to. Right. So you can't change a culture that you don't believe in. Mm. You can't change a culture into something else if you don't believe in the original culture to begin with, I mean, Ryan day was handed a golden Lamborghini, a golden plated priceless Lamborghini <laughs> on a platter. And he proceeds to just trip and fumble and just everywhere. Yeah. He made the college football playoff. Yeah. They, they, you know, they won a game, but none of it matters when, you know, you, you look at CJ Stroud arguably one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Oh, by the way, he's uh, hasn't won against Michigan. Oh, now Marvin Harrison Jr., arguably a top three pick, will do very, very well in the NFL, hasn't beaten Michigan. It's, it's, it's fine and dandy to bump, just pump these guys into the league, but if you can't 
believe in your own culture or if you don't even have a culture to stand on, because I don't even know what Ryan Day's culture is at, at, at Ohio State. I mean, yeah, winning is is part of it, but not winning the big one. Right. You know, I, you, you have to believe in something in this constant work of trying to get this to work and trying to fit this square peg into a round hole and, and just trying to jam it in there. It, it's not going to work. And it, 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 it just, it just feels fake. It just feels fake. It feels forced. You're trying too hard and you're seeing the results of it on the field. I mean, you can't even, you've done Ryan day has done almost everything he can do to um, try to fix this, you know, offense scheme, defense scheme, bringing in players in the portal to, you know, fit this new style of play. Um, and it just hasn't worked. I, I I don't know. I mean, that this has kind of felt like this feels a lot like what Jim Harbaugh was when we we're at the, uh, the crossing point here in, in 2020. We didn't really know what Jim Harbaugh's program was. And he found a way to fix it. And, you know, I don't think Michigan strayed too far away or Jim Harbaugh didn't stray too far away from who he was or what Michigan was. And I feel like, you know, Ryan day is just kind of just lost his way. You know, it's kind of lost the Ohio state way. And, um, I don't know if he'll ever get it back. I mean, the, uh, the, the fuse is getting awfully short, you know, now you've lost three in a row. I mean, even a fourth, I, I don't know what would happen after a fourth, but, um, something's got to change and I don't know what, I mean, they've already tried and it's failed. I, do you go back to the drawing board? I guess, but you know, there just because you got players doesn't mean that you're destined to, you know, win everything and just show up and win. You know, you got to have a culture, you got to have something to lean back on. And, and I'm not sure what day can, can lean back on in, in times like this. I almost, I almost wonder if Ohio State's at that point that Michigan was at. Josh, I know you touched on the, the Don Brown era. I wonder if Ohio State's at the point where Michigan was at in like 2017, 18, and 19, where they had lost six, seven, eight in a row to Ohio State. And they, in my opinion, they were showing up to the game mentally defeated. They, it's almost like they knew they were going to lose the game before they stepped on the field just because – that streak was getting so long, six, seven, eight years in a row of, of just losing. I almost wonder if Ohio State's getting to that point now where, yeah, the streak's not as long as as it was when Ohio State was beating Michigan for more than five years in a row at a time. But it's three years now, and, I I mean, Ohio State, they, they put up a good fight yesterday, but you've got to wonder if, if Ryan Day at this point is kind of just accepting the fact that Michigan's a better program and he's he's almost like like you guys mentioned with the head down walking up the tunnel. I wonder if if he's kind of come to that realization like there's just nothing I can do at this point. Talent. The rivalry, the uh, sorry, sorry, Trevor. The rivalry is not for everyone, and that's okay. You have to be a special kind of coach to on both sides to live the rivalry every second of the day, every waking right. moment. If you're the head coach of Ohio state or Michigan, you're living this every day. You hear about it every day. And you know, for some people, 
you know, it's just they can't they can't handle it. And that's fine. And that's not to to degrade a person for handling stresses or whatever. Just some people aren't made for the rivalry. And, and that's all right. I mean, Brady Hoke inevitably wasn't made for the rivalry. Jim Harbaugh um, during the first couple of years was just getting out coached and, and the rest of his staff and he just didn't have the right pieces. It, it, it not, there are ways to survive um, the ebbs and flows of, of a rivalry, but when you're kind of, you know, when, when you're in this spot and you're make trying to make these changes and nothing's happening, that's when you kind of feel like yourself sinking deeper and deeper. And that's when the pressure really gets to you. And as Trepa Coles mentioned here, Urban Meyer lived the rivalry. Yeah. That dude was obsessed. He, you know, worked himself into a, you know, fake sicknesses all the time, but you know, he, uh, he was obsessed with this rivalry. I mean, he lived and breathed it. It takes a special kind of person to do that. And, you know, Urban Meyer is a special kind of person. He's a scumbag, but he's a special kind of person. A lot of the best people in sports are because you got to be willing to bowl people over and do terrible things. To, right. You know, we, Michael Jordan was a jerk. And, you know, you know what I mean? That's just, but you yeah. You got to snake some people on your way to the top. But to your point, that's why I was like, he's never going to Michigan State. You guys thinking that is absolutely insane to me. Do you know what his legacy in Columbus is worth? You think he's going to go to Michigan State, recruit? against Ohio state and try and beat them. His bar is called seven and oh, yeah, come on. Right. So, um, say a couple things in Ohio state. Then I want to put a bow on it and kind of get to the what's next. Um, Brock, to your point, Michigan in 2016 was in that game earlier than anybody expected, right? Michigan's a top mm -hmm. five team throughout the year. They come in, play a great game and just barely come up short. And then 2017, there's a lot of roster turnover and, injuries and it's a rough year in 2017 and i've said for a long time i thought it was one of the best games i've ever seen harbaugh coach the game plan for the 2017 game was unbelievable michigan was so outmatched in that game and they were right in it until john o'corn excuse me threw it to absolutely nobody right and then 2018 i i disagree I don't think the problem was they didn't think they could win. I think they were too confident they were going to. They had their revenge tour. Everything was going their way. I mean, everybody was picking Michigan to win that game in 2018. Ohio State had just struggled the week before. Their offensive line hadn't looked as good, blah, blah, blah. And then they got smacked. And that really derailed everything because somebody else had put, I think it was actually Toski said, when you don't have anybody on your team that's won in this rivalry, it's hard to convince them you can win in the rivalry when there's nobody mm -hmm. there. Right. And I think Michigan was in a really bad spot in 2019. And then obviously 2020s COVID, they don't even play. If it wasn't for the complete coaching staff overhaul, right. And bringing in these new people and Michigan people, right. Who knew the rivalry and Aiden Hutchinson, who's a legacy and knew the rivalry and incredible leaders like Josh Ross and Kane McNamara and Hassan Haskins. It was kind of a perfect storm. They were able to win 21 and change the trajectory Ohio State needs something like that. And the the again, they have tons of talent. And I don't I don't mean this as shots at players at all because another problem Michigan had in the first years under Harbaugh was not getting five-star results out of five-star players. Yep. Didn't mean they weren't five-star players. You guys are probably going to know the name I'm going to say right now. Rashawn Gary is doing just great in the NFL, right? Doing just fine for himself. Massive second contract, just had three sacks against the Lions. Number one consensus recruit, every recruiting service, number one, completely misused 
at Michigan to the point that his mom is on Twitter attacking people because they were so upset with the perception of him. Right. That's where I feel like Ohio state is right now. CJ Stroud's comments about his current coach in Houston sound very interesting when you're thinking about the coach he just came from, right? Mm -hmm. His demeanor, his body language, great football player played really well in college. He's not necessarily where I'm going to go with this. Julian Fleming was the top wide receiver across the board, right? He was rated above Marvin Harrison and Ibuka and these guys, right? JTT and Sawyer were supposed to be like having both Bosa's at the same time, Chase Young, whatever combo, the next unbelievable edge duo, right? They had six pressures on Saturday. Not bad. You know who else had six pressures on Saturday? Jalen Harrell and Derek Moore, mm-hmm. right? You're And Jalen Harrell... With the last pressure of the game, the QB hit that forced the interception beat Donovan Jackson, the seventh-ranked player in his class, the number one guard in the country in his class. Do you know how good of an interior offensive lineman you have to be to be top 10 overall in a recruiting class? Josh has been around recruiting for a long time, right? He knows better than me. Like Part of the reason Ohio State's classes are so high is because they go after QBs, wide receivers, running backs, guys that get high stars. That dude was a lock to be an unbelievable offensive lineman. He's played just as well as Keegan, right? So they're, they're not maximizing the talent they have and yeah. they're, they're not, they just, that the culture thing's just not there. Yep. That, that so it, it, that's where it is. And again, I hate saying that because <laughs> I feel like I'm taking shots as guys. I want to come back and kind of echo something JJ said. That was a really good Ohio state football team. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, and it's I, not even against the players. It's that's just, where I was going. I, I think the, it's there's a coaching, you know, Kevin Wilson left. And the idea that he wasn't massive to the offense for these last however many years he's been there. And you could just promote Heartline because he's a great recruiter. And then Day will go back to being play caller, mostly kind of like it's just there's a weird element. And maybe Day wasn't given a fair shot with Urban hanging around the program the first year. And like still kind of being de facto coach in the building and stuff. I don't know. I'm not around Ohio state, but I think, I think Kyle McCord should transfer. Honestly. I mean, he doesn't yeah. deserve the crap he's getting. Well, he's going to have to because Arch Manning is heading to Ohio state. Haven't you seen the news on all the, <laughs> yeah. Ohio well, state Twitter? I mean, whatever, but I, you know, I think McCord should transfer because he doesn't deserve half the crap that he's getting. I mean, that was a coaching. And I want to, and I want to finish on that note because we we've been homers in this and I hope you understand why we've had a rough few months. Okay. We've been homers, uh, Michigan won, And I think I'm just so happy for that team and those players and all the hell they've been through. And it's great. But that being said, I kind of said it earlier, Ohio state played how I expected, but also exceeded my expectations. I thought McCord played really well. And it's absolute bullshit that his fans are going after him because they have to blame something. Yeah, of course. And they're going after him. I think that's crazy. Uh, Michigan's defense did a great job of not letting Travion Henderson get the big outside runs. I said he couldn't run up the middle. He did, right? And in similar situation, I don't know if he was put in all the best places to succeed, whatever. Marvin Harrison's a freak. I I just I think he's an unbelievable receiver. I think he's going to be great. It's I'm glad <laughs> I I know there's this weird chatter he might come back next year. That would be insane. Your yeah, top three pick, bro. What are you doing? Um, but if if I don't have to watch Michigan play him again, I will be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Uh, defensively, Denzel Burke, he's getting a lot of crap because of comments he made during the week. I thought Denzel Burke had a hell of a football game. Played really, really well. The interior guys, Michael Hall, had a really good football game. Um, I'm trying to remember the safety. 
was it Proctor? They put Proctor in a crazy spot in that game. And he had some moments that weren't great, but the quorum touchdown, I think comes to mind. Now the one, the quorum touchdown wasn't him. That was, that was Sonny styles. Um, and then steel chambers has gotten a lot of s- smack from his own fan base. He led the team in tackles, thought he played well. That's a really good football team with some really good players. And, and that wasn't, I know I've <laughs> thrown some people off with these smashes Ohio state title. Obviously that wasn't a beat down like we saw in, in the previous two years, but it, it just still kind of felt the same, like I said, but yeah, that that's a really good football team. Mm-hmm. There's just something missing. And I don't know that the, the, I don't think firing my day is the answer. I mean, the guys won 90% of his football games. Yeah. Um, but in 2020, when people wanted Jim Harbaugh gone, it was less about Jim Harbaugh and more about something drastically had to change. And could Harbaugh be the guy to do it? Right. You've already set this precedent, right? By 2020, you're six, seven years removed from the Super Bowl. Nobody gives a crap anymore. The kids you're recruiting were nine years old, right? Ryan Day is going to get to the point where it's like, I even said that in this cycle, like with the corners and the defensive linemen, I was kind of laughing. Like you're talking about Marshawn Lattimore. It's been a long time since Marshawn Lattimore. You know what I mean? So eventually you're going to start selling a vision and not results because you're not going to have the results to lean on anymore. But anyway, Michigan beats Ohio State, three-peat, heading to Indianapolis to take on Iowa. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. There, Yes. Before we go. I want to. I just want to. We got a little bit more to talk. I just want to talk about how just unpleasant of an experience it is to watch a game on TV. (laughs) It is awful. I mean, it is just the most just unenjoyable. Um, just the, the most unenjoyable experience to watch it. I mean, I mean, just just the fact that this they had so many reviews in this game, which is ridiculous. And then you'd have one play, you know, one play commercial, one play commercial, timeout commercial, timeout commercial. Oh, it's just, it it takes, it really took the suspense out of the game, you know, especially towards the end. Um, It's just really unpleasant. And yeah, I think, you know, as Mr. Suspense, it's the story, right? Even Zinter's um, Zoe Holmstrom photographer that, I've mentioned before I'm obsessed with posted some pictures of Trevor Keegan and JTT hugging while Zach Zinter was injured. Yeah. Right. Ryan day went and saw Zach Zinter's parents while Zinter was being pulled yeah. away. Both teams were like, there were a lot of really great moments in that terrible moment. And Fox wanted you to see an all state commercial. Yeah. Right. And like, even like just the in-between stuff that they talk about, it's just, it's gone and it's, it, yeah, it's terrible. It's well, that's, and that's also kind of the, the the special thing about this rivalry too is that it's built on hate, but it's also built on a mutual respect too. I mean, there's, it, you know this this rivalry is not toxic like Michigan State rivalry is. Um, it I, I, and you can tell, you know, we we talked about this Trevor yesterday on the Bleacher Report uh, podcast. You know, we talk about all these guys coming up to, to Zinter, you know, as you mentioned, Keegan shaking hands with JTT and all that stuff. And, and Ryan day meeting Zach Zinter's parents in the, in the, in the hallway and, and stuff. It's these, you know, they're not bad people, you know, it's like, there's respect. And we also, you know, we mentioned the fact that 
um, that famous photo of uh, uh, Devin Gardner on yes. one knee with, with uh, JT Barrett as well. There's a level of respect that goes into people that put on the winged helmet and, you know, the, the Ohio state helmet it, 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 there, there, there is, it's not, it might be toxic among amongst the fan base, probably just on Twitter because that place is just accessible to begin with. It's good to remember Twitter's not real life. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, you know, when you compare the two rivalries, you know, well, they're not even comparable, honestly, between Ohio state and Michigan state. Yeah. One is far more one. You don't have, um, guys beating the crap out of each other in a, in a, in a tunnel, um, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, it's stupid with the crossing out of M's and not saying Michigan and all that stuff. But if that's the worst thing that comes out of that rivalry, I think right. you're doing something right. Honestly, yeah. really well said there. And even what we've done in this show is for fun. And I think people know that, um, I, I might upset some people here when I tell you this, but I saw JT Barrett before the game. And he came over to a tailgate and played flip cup with Michigan fans. And of course, everybody was joking. Like when he didn't land the cup, they're like, oh, just a little this close, bud. You're a little short, you know, whatever. But I I couldn't help myself. That that guy, I hate the call <laughs> that happened, but there was nothing that JT Barrett did to make me hate him. He was a hell of a football player that doesn't right. have to be at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And I went up to him and I just said, Hey, dude, just respect, man. Just pounded it. Right. And we've seen Jake Butt and Josh Perry, I know they work together, but they've come together to raise money for a charity. They've used the rivalry in a good way. Charles Woodson and Urban Meyer obviously are able to joke with each other a little bit, which how good was that Woodson celebration with Urban Meyer in the background? (laughs) Um, But I've seen Michigan and Ohio State former players like, oh, I don't don't want to do this analogy because it's, it's overplaying what football is and minimizing war, okay? But when you see soldiers who fought on opposite sides of a war able to come together and understand that we were both young men just do thinking we were the good guys doing the same thing for our country. You just happen to be on the other side, right? This is just football at the end of the day. And sometimes who you root for or who you play for or whatever is just based on where you happen to be born. Right. And there's this level of respect that exists in the Michigan Ohio state rivalry. They said, I don't know if it's respect for the opponent as much as it is for respect for the rivalry itself but it makes it the best rivalry in all sports. It's fantastic. And it just Mm -hmm. doesn't exist with Michigan state. It's just not there. And that's the part they don't understand. And I know it frustrates the hell out of them because Michigan is their (laughs) biggest rivalry, but there's just something missing there. Sorry. But anyway, that's, this is Michigan state fans wiping up their tears because they're not good (laughs) enough to be on the same level as the Michigan. Michigan Well, and then when you do stuff like openly rooting for Ohio state and whatever, like showing your, ass doing that stuff man like would i am i happy with ohio you know are michigan fans happy when ohio state loses a game yeah but like you're not openly rude it's just weird energy but anyway but yep at the end of the day uh, that's three wins in a row thank you very much it's three three straight dubs first time since 95 through 97 and if you're looking for trends that you hope continue Michigan, of course, won the national championship in 1997. Uh, we're already at our 10 minutes, so I don't want to go crazy long, but it seems crazy. They're playing Iowa, right, in the yeah. Big Ten championship game, which is, thank God, the last version of this where divisions are a factor yeah. because – Just terrible. It's – and, no, again, no offense to Iowa. You don't we, – we talked about this. You don't need to apologize 
for winning your football games, whatever, but it's just, it's just not a championship game in a lot of ways. Like nobody feels like whoever won Michigan, Ohio state was going to be the big 10 champion. Obviously it just, it just feels, um, and then, I mean, even the factor of what are they 21 and a half point favorites or something like that. I'm trying to remember. I'm looking real quick here. That is Maryland was 17 and a half. Minnesota was 19. Nebraska was 17 and a half. Like, so when I'm talking about this being a championship game and it's equitable to Nebraska, it's just hard for me to. <laughs> and unfortunately, Cade McNamara and Eric All are both hurt. So we got oh. robbed of that storyline. That actually would have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's a chance this is Kirk Ferentz last game, um, which whatever you think about him, that, that that's an all-timer coach right there. So that, that'll be interesting. But let's go ahead and assume for conversation's sake, Michigan beats Iowa. And they're heading to the college football playoff. Brock, you follow the rankings and polls more than either of us combined. And Josh thinks they're useless anyway until the last one. So <laughs> um, do you think – I know they made up some ground in the AP poll, mm-hmm. two, and got close to Georgia. One, do you think there's a case for Michigan to be one ahead of Georgia now? They're the only team with wins, two wins over teams currently ranked in the top ten. Right now it's like, okay, we've been arguing for this resume where they've been destroying opponents all year. You're like, Oh, we haven't played anybody. Well, now we also have the two best wins on the year. Plus we destroyed everyone else we played. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, One, do you think that case is made? And two, I know that it's hard to guess who the playoffs going to be because there's a lot to shake out, but who do you think Michigan's best matchup might be in the semifinal? I I love this conversation. I could talk about, I could talk about, uh, scenarios and, and different well you've got 30 seconds going no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> talk about this all night long but i will start with number one i think there is a case for michigan to be the number one seed as of right now do i think it'll happen no um michigan's michigan's resume might be better than georgia's but i do still feel like georgia will stick at one um but even even if michigan is number one on tuesday if Georgia beats Alabama, that's going to flip yeah. back to. So they might just leave them at now. one, so they don't Absolutely. have to do that. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's that's what they might do. Now, obviously, it'll change if Georgia loses to Alabama, and that's what I want to get into with with the college football playoff. I predict Michigan will be at two, um, on Tuesday. I, I won't make a prediction for the Georgia Alabama game, but I will say this: it's my it's my opinion that if if Alabama beats Georgia. They're both in Alabama for sure. And I don't think the committee can leave out Georgia after what they've done the last two years and, and being 12 and 0 one loss to Alabama in the sec title game. I still feel like Georgia's in. And at that point, there's going to be one spot for a, a Florida state, a PAC 12 champ. It, it probably would be the PAC 12 champ yeah. over Florida state. Now here's where, where it gets interesting. I was thinking about this last night. The, we, we know the last few years, especially the committee loves to avoid back-to-back rematches. They avoided the Michigan-Ohio State rematch last year, and there was another potential SEC rematch somewhere in the last couple of years uh, in the first round of the playoff. They don't like to have, you know, Michigan-Ohio State play in the in the last week of the season, then have them play in the first round of the playoff, or Bama and Georgia play in the SEC title game. I think that's what it was in 2021. Bama and Georgia played in the SEC title game, and then 
they split them up. Uh, Bama played Cincinnati and Georgia played Michigan. So if, if you follow that same logic going into this year, Michigan is if, – if Georgia loses to Alabama, Michigan would be one, but then you're stuck playing Georgia or Alabama at four. It'd probably be – it would be Georgia. And, and I, I feel like that's a situation that doesn't bode well for Michigan at all. And so I think if you're a Michigan fan, you got to be pretty heavily rooting for Georgia to win even if it means Michigan doesn't get the one seed, you stay there at two. You don't have to get a tough Georgia team in the first round. And then you roll the dice with with uh, the Pac-12 champ or Florida State. If, if, if it's me, I'm looking at Florida State. Florida State's probably the, the, the top team that I'd be most confident in Michigan beating just because yeah, of their quarterback. Yeah, such a bummer. Yeah, It's tough. And right behind them is Washington. I feel like I feel like Michigan would beat Washington by mul- multiple scores. Uh, their defense isn't isn't good. It might be good, but it's not. It's definitely not great. It's nowhere near great. And I feel like Minter would do a good good job of containing Michael Penix in that offense. For me, it, it goes Florida State, Washington, probably Texas would be the the team right behind them, and and after that maybe. Or I feel like Oregon, Bama, and Georgia are all kind of in that category where yeah. uh, Michigan would have a real tough time. But I think we learned last year, right? Like, even if Michigan draws Florida State and, and you're feeling very confident. <laughs> TCU. You can't, yeah. yeah. There was no more. You, The level of confidence can't be any higher than it was last year. Michigan lost, right? So at, at this point, you get who you get and you, you – Prepare as hard as you can, and you just got to remember, though, the confidence level can't get too high because that's what happened last year, even even if Florida State has a backup quarterback. So I, I do think it'll end up being probably Michigan and the Pac-12 champ. I think it'll be I think it'll be Michigan, Oregon in the Rose Bowl. That's my prediction. Yeah, which would be amazing because again, the Rose Bowl will never be the same again either, right? With the with this new expansion, so having the Rose Bowl end with two future Big Ten opponents. <laughs> but again, a Big Ten versus Pac-12 in the Rose Bowl would be sweet. I agree with basically everything you said. I do think as much as we go arguing over who should be ranked where, they're going to justify whatever to get the matchups they want, right? Like Georgia yeah. getting since today. You know what I mean? So, But I think the case could be made for Michigan at one. I'm with you, though. When Georgia beats Bama, they'd probably just move them right back anyway. But again, when you talk about you brought up Washington. Washington has played p- close games regardless of who they've played. Yep. That win at or you know, win over Oregon at Washington, that's massive. But then you also barely beat literally everyone else you've played. It's it's crazy. So I I at this point fully expect Oregon to win the Pac-12 championship. Yep. I think they're they're playing lights out right now. And I again, just based on what I've seen and, and some of the metrics I look at, Washington is arguably like ninth or 10th in terms of analytics right now because of how bad their defense is. So, you know, we don't have the rankings right now. Ohio state's going to drop out probably to, you know, sixth. It'll be interesting as a one loss team, if they rate them above Texas or Alabama, because if you're trying to figure out, you know, does Ohio state have a backdoor or who would move up with a conference championship win? I think Texas kind of got screwed 
by Oklahoma State beating BYU because now they're playing Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game instead of Oklahoma, which is their Mm -hmm. only loss on the year. And I think if they would have had a chance to avenge that loss paired with the Bama win, I think Texas would have had a really good case where now if they go out and stomp Oklahoma State, I don't know if that's going to have the same value. I'm with you. If Bama's a one-loss SEC champ, I don't see them getting left out. And then they're jumping Texas, the team that beat them and got crazy, whatever. Yeah, if, if we think Georgia and Michigan are one and two in some order, right, that's a lock. Washington's just going to be three at this point because you're not going to move Florida State above them. Florida State will have to play. I mean, Louisville's – I know they lost. Gosh, I forgot who they played now. It's been a really long weekend. Who did they lose to this weekend? Trying to mind blank. But anyway – what was the question? Sorry. Who did Louisville, who did Louisville lose? Yeah. To? Kentucky. Kentucky. Thank you. So they don't have a weird backdoor in as a one loss ACC champ, but they could still ruin Florida state season. And, and that's mm-hmm. where things get interesting because if Florida state's undefeated and you think, okay, Ohio state's out. And then now either Georgia or excuse me, Oregon or Washington is out. You're not leaving out undefeated ACC champion, even though their, their quarterback was hurt. Right. right? So there's a weird scenario where Michigan's two and they're getting Florida state at three, but that's where I'm saying like, I wouldn't be shocked if, Oh, Michigan's number one now. So Georgia gets the the Florida state matchup or whatever. But yeah, for me, uh, Michigan's obviously rooting for chalk this weekend. That that's Mm -hmm. the safest bet. Um, I'd say Florida state or Washington are the teams I want to play the most. And I think, I want the collision course with Georgia in the national championship. I think they're the two clear best two teams. They're obviously the team most worried about, but other than them, for me, it's Oregon. I think Oregon looks really, really good. And they, and that was a close game at Washington. And we said, I, I expect them to win Saturday pretty easily, but yeah. Josh, do you have any thoughts on any of this? No, I'm right there with you boys. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I totally agree with everything you said. I, I think, um, yeah, I think if you're a Michigan fan, you you, you don't really want chaos. Um, I think you're, you're kind of hoping for the status quo. Personally, selfishly, I would like to see Michigan go to the Rose Bowl because that's a, yeah. that's a bucket list item for me. Uh, so I'm thinking purely from selfish reasons. But, um, yeah, I think the less amount of chaos you you, you get this weekend um, – you know, the, obviously the less, the less likelihood of, of, you know, someone sneaking in that, that shouldn't be in there. So if, if everything goes as planned, you know, I, I, I think, I do think, I don't think the, the, uh, the committee has the guts to drop Georgia from its first place spot, obviously with a loss. Yes. But right now, if it just continues on the path, there's no way that, that Michigan is going to jump Georgia, even, right. even with a arguably better, uh, better strength of schedule and all that. Um, I just don't think they have the guts. So you're hoping at this point, now the argument comes down to if Washington wins and Florida state wins, who's better and and what does the matchup look like? Do you want Georgia to play Florida state or do you want Georgia to play Washington as a four seed and is Florida state a three seed? I don't think, I mean, if they, if they just go it from just the recency alone and say, well, they, they, you know, you could technically make an argument for Florida state being a three seed. If they continue to win out with a backup quarterback, yeah. I think that speaks more to them um, than, you know, Washington beating Oregon twice. I think that kind of holds more weight. So, um, 
now we're in the position where we're not really trusting computers. We're trusting the opinion of old people in a room. So yeah. which um, I'm always shocked by when they, the guys that run still run the BCS simulations, the BCS computers and the old people in the room are remarkably similar. Yeah. Right. Like, it's crazy. Like we could have kept the BCS a lot of times. It's, it's weird how yeah. that works out, but yeah. Yep. So, I mean, and again, you know, if we're talking from a Michigan perspective, it shouldn't matter who Michigan gets because you got to yep. And you got to, you know, if this team wants to win a national championship, you have to win all your games. Yep. And you have to beat Georgia because I have no doubts Georgia's going to be there at the end. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you got to win your games. That's all it comes down to. So, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at the end of the day, as I always say, but you know, you got to get there first, obviously, and you got to get through Iowa. But, um, yeah, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter who you face. You got to win all your games. So, but the point is, Michigan has come through this regular season under incredible attack, adversity, chaos, whatever you want to call what they've gone through, undefeated with assurances at this point from the big 10 that they will not be pursuing any more punishment or more investigation. They've closed the investigation until the NCAA is done. And we know we're not going to hear anything from the NCAA in terms of affecting this season. Right. So Jim Harbaugh is back in, in a weird way. Um, was it Blake that said battle tested Brock? He kept using that term that we're battle tested. Yeah, so. They are right, and now they don't have to worry about any of that noise anymore. Because one, it's it's not coming anymore. They've gotten through it. They're going to go to Indianapolis and compete for the Big Ten championship. Hopefully, win it. And if Tony Petiti isn't a coward, he will be on that stage handing the trophy <laughs> to Jim Harbaugh. I'm putting that out there right now. I do not know the man. If he is not on that stage, oh, that's Jim a total, the trophy, total coward move. If he's not you're, there, you're a coward. Hundred percent coward. Yeah. Sorry. I, I find it – I almost find it unfathomable that he wouldn't be up there. Mm-hmm. But I also find it unfathomable, unfathomable that he did what he did uh, a couple of weeks ago. So who the hell knows at this point? We'll yeah. see, but I'm, I'm just going to put that out there, right? Uh, but, yeah, all, all of their goals, all of the unfinished business is there for them, for the taking it. And, Brock, like you said, that the TCU game, I think they learned something, right? And it's an impacted this year. The Michigan State game in 2021, the Georgia game in 2021, like these losses that they've had over this three-year stretch have built them for this moment. And we've seen them be able to overcome, whether it's something like the Penn State game in 2021, where players said they might not have won that game if it wasn't for Michigan State, or if it's overcoming something like the Zach Zinter injury and and Ohio State's long drive on Saturday, it's, it's built different at this point they're they're built for this moment and this is what they came back for and now they're just allowed to go play football and some people are still saying things but like i said if you look most of it's at the at the footer of the article now they're not leading with a lot of this stuff anymore because you said we couldn't win without the sign stealing stuff you said you took jim harbaugh from us and we went out there and as chris jenkins said we did that shit (laughs) so (laughs) anyway we will be covering a lot this coming week. Obviously there's a lot of recruiting news that we're collecting and and that's going to be coming out throughout the week. Um, Josh and I are hoping to maybe do a podcast this week to kind of go over through all that. But of course you want to go to michigan.rivals.com. Basically blue review. That's where we exist covering Michigan for the rivals network. 
and make sure you're getting access to all of Josh's Intel and our premium content. How long is the promo good for? It runs through Monday. Runs through Monday. Uh, let me, I should have pulled that up before I got into this so I could share it, but we'll have that coverage going on. And then obviously we'll be talking about the big 10 championship game at Indianapolis. All three of us will be in town. Brock and I will be working. Josh is going to have a good time. I am. I know this is the, this is the first game I'm going to as a, as a, uh, a pedestrian, I guess as a, pedestrian. You know, as a civilian, yeah, as a civilian <laughs> in uh, years. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to yeah, be fun. You, and I get to fly in a private jet. So Wait, what? Cool. Yeah. My, uh, I, I, bearing I, the lead. You didn't tell me this part. I know a guy who knows a guy and we're going to get, uh, we're going to go down there. So that's going to be cool. Shut up. Very nice. Yeah. Cool, yeah, I don't have to stay anywhere, which is awesome. I can come right back the same night instead of driving because the I know I know how that drive home is from Indianapolis. And I was gonna say, Brock, we need to we need rough. to talk about that. You're staying in my hotel yes. room. You are not driving <laughs> six not. hours home. At, when did you leave? It was like two in the morning or something. I got, yes, I got to my car at two in the morning. It oh. was awful. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Young luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me put this up on the screen so I've got it. So yeah, right now we're running the promo through Monday. Rivals 2023. Use that promo code. You get 75% off your entire first year. Uh, we always run a, a really good promo around Black Friday this time of year. So that, that's our best of the year. 75% off gets you access to the premium comment content and then our message board community, the den, which we were always proud of. We thought we built a nice little base and culture there, um, but we've seen just an explosion of folks joining us, obviously, with everything that's been going on this football season. And in the same way, I know it's cheesy, but you know your culture is good with your football team when new guys can come in and maintain it. All of our new subscribers have come in and right away just kind of picked up on the vibe, and, and we've really kept that going. So we're really super proud of the Den. And then Josh, again, I've kissed his ass a lot the last few weeks, but he's just been money. With, with a lot of the intel and then uh i work really hard on my stock report so you should read that too yes so. absolutely. <laughs> read uh, the stock reports yeah but other than that we will be back we're gonna have to figure out well i guess i'll be home yeah i'll be home by Sunday. we will be back on sunday hopefully discussing a michigan big 10 championship well, isn't this selection straight. sunday yeah so we can always yep. just do it on a monday too we can always yeah. back to, cool. so we will have something to talk about. What what time do they normally do that though? They do that at like six. I think it's at like noon. I think oh, it's, it's at earlier noon. in the day. Yeah. Well, well, you if might I, be right. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is like noonish. Yeah. It's pretty. Well, early. in that case, then we'll be fine. Which side note? I've seen them saying the Big Ten championship game is at six thirty. They're doing like Super Bowl shit. The game's at eight. Yeah. So they're eight, trying to get eighteen officially. Yeah, and they're trying to get people in for their early pregame stuff saying the game's at 6 30 it's at eight <laughs> just Hate crazy has, any, has anyone won three straight big 10 championships in the not in the game era i don't ohio state i thought didn't they win four in a row playing in the game or like before ohio state sounds like because it's, it's gonna be no one from i mean the let's last. be honest yeah well <laughs> literally no literally <laughs> If if I think Michigan twenty, I think you're right. Actually. Penn State won in sixteen. Yeah, if Michigan, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Yeah, Ohio State won the four before Michigan's two. God, that's crazy. 
So, and then <laughs> that's crazy. So, cause Wisconsin won the first two, but that was legends and leaders. So they yeah, went yeah. to the East, they went to the East West in 2014. And since then it's been five for Ohio state, the one for Penn state, the one for Michigan state, and then the two, and then hopefully three for Michigan. So just this era has just been dominated by those three teams. So it's going to be interesting with the PAC 12 groups coming over moving forward. But so anyway, again, michigan.rivals.com. All of you folks in here with the, the comments and taking part in the conversation. I know I recognize a lot of subscribers, so we appreciate you guys joining us here. If you're not, please head over there. The conversation's going week long. And then otherwise make sure you're liking and subscribing and getting the notification bell on YouTube here. So when you know, or you know, when we go live <laughs> toilet paper, nice. I always wonder, I got to listen back to this on audio only. It's got to be so difficult for people to know what the hell is happening. <laughs> Screenshot this and, and post it on Twitter. That'd be great. I was going to say, there's been a few moments in this show where some screen please, grabs will be good for you. Screenshot Ooh. this and post it on Twitter and tell how awesome we, uh, this podcast is and um, that they should become subscribers to uh, Michigan Rivals. <laughs> I forgot the name of our own website. <laughs> it's the OS, the OSU distractions, I tell you. There's too many of them. All right, then make sure, too, we've got our Twitter handles up on the screen. Trevor McHugh, at Trevor McHugh, at Josh Hensky, at Brock Heilig. Follow us all week for coverage. Otherwise, Michigan, three straight over Ohio State, heading to Indianapolis to take on Iowa. And like I said, we'll be back next week with another episode of Hail to the Podcast.